It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The models that I trust, the modelers who have been correct, show that Delta will peak in the next few weeks and then we'll see a decline beginning at the end of August or in early September. Macari, and he was citing what happened in England and what, and what happened in India. They saw the big spike and then the big turnaround. Now, keep in mind, too, uh, the timing of the U.K. variant is interesting because they were opening up. And as they were opening up, the variant was hitting, and they still kept opening up. And now they've gotten to the other side of it. Does Dr. Mark Siegel agree? He's Fox News' medical contributor, author of a book uh, called COVID, The Politics of Fear and the Power of Science. Dr. Siegel, welcome back. Do you agree with Dr. Macari on this? Well, I, I view it a bit differently, but I certainly agree with the conclusion. I think that we're probably going to head out of this thing uh, in September, and, and I'll tell you why. In, in India, it's because a lot of people got COVID, and, and they developed antibodies, and they developed immunity, and that slowed it down. In the U.K., it's probably because there was a huge ramp-up, Brian, of vaccination. And you can do it either way. And one thing Dr. McCary has done that I agree with is he and I both have put a spotlight on the fact that natural immunity is being ignored here, meaning that if you get COVID and you get over it and you get antibodies, it protects you. And that's a huge oversight on the part of the Biden administration to only talk about vaccines and not talk about people with antibodies from from COVID that I may not even want to get the vaccine yet. So that helps to slow down the Delta variant. One thing I do want to add, though, is that there's a lot of people out there that are vulnerable that haven't been vaccinated and haven't had COVID that we need to get the shot. That's really, really important. We want to follow the UK model rather than the India model. Let's get out of this thing by getting more and more people vaccinated. And yes, I think it will go down by the fall. What percentage that you know of or numbers that you might trust, or if you want to ballpark it, if the CDC hasn't done it yet, uh, are breakthrough, well, breakthrough cases like that Lindsey Graham got fully vaccinated early on. He said, I called and talked to him Monday. He said, it's like a cold. Well, so that's that's another thing that's been mismessaged. You know, maybe we'd have a lot lot less anxiety in this country if everything wasn't mismessaged. Everything. Breakthrough infections are just the way you just described them, which is, Brian, you get a vaccine and, you know, maybe you get a cold. I mean, the, the vaccine has two main purposes. One, to decrease severe infection and hospitalization. It's almost 100% effective at that, an enormous home run. Second, to decrease spread to those around you who might be at risk, and that's not being emphasized enough. But the breakthrough infection is getting way more attention than it deserves. What we need to do is focus more on the fact that most people hospitalized, almost all, weren't vaccinated or didn't have immunity from prior infection, as I keep adding. So that's why you're not going to get people vaccinated if you keep showing cases like Lindsey Graham, who has a cold and calling it a breakthrough. I'd rather just call it a cold. Right. Uh, so, you know, he is very pro-vaccine. So that's correct. Yeah. So he's not coming out against it. And he said, right. You know, but he was little, he was with Joe Manchin on that boat uh, where they were talking about this bipartisan infrastructure deal on Joe Manchin's houseboat. And he came up positive. So with all those lawmakers there, they wonder, uh oh, but two weeks, uh, this is the two week stat. Hospitalizations are up 82 percent. Cases are up 119 percent. Deaths are up 74 percent. But that's just 439. I mean, that a, we're looking at we have over 600,000 deaths. 439 is very low uh, in proportion to this. So when you look at the Delta variant, 
why is it so effective uh, right now? Why is it so uh, easily spread? By the way, I, this is what I love about you, that you always have the stats exactly right and at your fingertips. The Delta variant is tilting younger. Why? Because over 80% of the elderly population is fully vaccinated in the United States. So every time we talked about high-risk groups before, we meant it. But again, administration moving the goalposts, now not talking about the fact that the people that are getting COVID tend to be younger, tend not to be as sick. You could talk about the hospitalization rate going up, but the numbers themselves are way lower than when we had the huge onslaught last winter. And the reason is because they're healthier people. So the Delta variant itself, the thing that really demarcates it is that it spreads widely. It it spreads much more easily and you get a lot of it in your nose, which by the way, is the reason I'm not so sure masks help that much. I'm okay with masks and I recommend masks and I wear masks, but with the Delta variant, I have a feeling it spreads anyway, regardless of the mask. And the thing that really, really helps the most again is the vaccine. So I think we're seeing overall much milder cases than we saw before, and that's, it's really more, more like a flu now in most cases, and that's another headline that fear mongers are not going to spread. Right. A uh, couple of things. Oh, yeah. Do you want to expand on that a little bit, like why it would be easier to spread and why a mask might not be uh, the best thing? I guess you would separate that from an N95 mask. Correct, Brian. N95 is fit tested. We literally check it for leaks before we stick it on our faces. But if you saw me in one of these moon gowns, you're going to say that a two-year-old is never going to be able to wear this, and you're absolutely right. But when, when, when we're talking about those cloth masks, the porous masks that people wear on their chin or flopping on their face, it was only found to be about 20% effective at preventing spread with the original variant. But this variant is a thousand times more viral particles. And guess what? The more viral particles, the more there are to escape the mask. So I'm not, you know, the, the mask has become a pseudo-religion for the left. It's a pseudo-religion or even a religion. I mean, it's like, it's almost like muzzling people. Let's muzzle you down with the mask as though if you wear a mask, you're invulnerable. And if you don't, you're a fool. Well, none of, neither is true. It's not, it's not completely protective. It offers a some degree of protection, I think much less with the Delta variant. How come we don't talk about therapeutics? For example, we hear people get hospitalized. Well, what happens? Are you using hydroxychloroquine? Are you using remdesivir? Are you using um, the, uh, the other one? Uh, ever the Regeneron and the Lilly product, the antibodies against the virus, yeah. are an enormous home run developed under the uh, Trump administration that got no credit. It changed the playing field using steroids in the hospital, as you just said. That's helped a lot. Remdesivir, not as much. I think the antibodies are, are the game changer. But now we're working on small molecules like something called a protease inhibitor, like we use for HIV, within the next several months, we're going to have a pill that we can just take if you get COVID, more, somewhat like Tamiflu. We're going to have that. Now, I can't tell you September, October, November. I think it's going to be early 2022 we're going to have that, and that's another game changer. So what do you say to uh, people in Florida who have seen more kids in hospitals and in New Orleans? I'll give you a quote. Um, Here's Dr. Mark Klein. He says, I've never seen anything like it. We're seeing children fall ill that we simply did not see in the first year of the pandemic before the Delta variant came along. In Orlando, at Arnold Palmer Hospital, quote, the last two weeks, cases have continued to increase. I don't think we have reached our peak yet. So they're seeing kids there. Is it primarily 
because the seniors, 85 percent, have been vaccinated? Or is there something about with something about kids that now are a welcome host? It's both. The first issue is that you take off the table the elderly. And the Moderna shot, by the way, was just shown to be completely effective at six months. Pfizer, we're a little concerned about the Israel data that it could be diminishing somewhat. So, in other words, seniors may be looking at a booster in a few months. But in the meantime, the vaccine has changed it. The target is now younger people. The issue is that before younger people didn't get sick because the virus didn't attach itself to receptors in their noses as easily. The virus itself overcame that by mutating. So now early in the course of the illness, you got a lot more virus in your nose. So you're seeing more infections and more spread among younger people, which again can easily be overcome by teens taking the vaccine. I don't think it's a huge, huge game change though, though, by the way, Brian, I mean, kids are getting it more and they're getting sicker teens, but not, not to a massive degree that we saw with the elderly in the beginning. It's enough of a, of a concern so that I'm saying, now I'm saying, I'm not on the fence on this, I'm saying that I want the 12 to 17-year-olds to get vaccinated. All right, now, how do you feel about what Italy's doing? They're giving people, they're telling people, get a vaccination card or you don't go to, you don't fly, you don't take a train, you don't go to a theater, you don't go to a, you don't go to a restaurant. Uh, do you think, are you comfortable with that as an American? Are you comfortable with that as a doctor? I'm not comfortable with that as an American. I'm not comfortable with that as a doctor for different reasons. First of all, I don't want the government doing this. If a a particular airline wants to have a policy or a small business, fine. But we're we're a country of free enterprise. We're a very unique combination, as you know and say every day, of of a great capitalistic system and a government that's not supposed to take away our personal freedoms. But I am aware that we're talking about spread here of a potentially dangerous of, of a dangerous virus, and 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 here here's the problem from a doctor point of view. I already said it. What if you had COVID and you have antibodies? Should I be punishing you and marginalizing you and ostracizing you by demanding a vaccine card? What if you had the first dose of the vaccine? And you can't take the second because you had a severe side effect, but you got a substantial immunity off the first. Should you, be, should you not be allowed in? And then, here's the most important thing. If I'm going to allow exemptions, which because we have to allow medical and religious exemptions, people that we don't want to have the shot, or people that it's against their basic beliefs, you know, I mean, we're talking First Amendment here, then you're going to end up with a pool of people that are not as vaccinated as you want, and the whole purpose of decreasing spread won't won't occur. So it ends up being a government tool. I'm okay with the private businesses doing it. I'm not okay with the government doing it. Very interesting. Uh, so one thing that I always feel is that you should go, I would always go to a doctor for a medical decision. Little things like, for example, a sinus infection. Should you go back to school? Well, find out if the doctor says you're contagious or not. Why do people feel as though that are not in the medical profession, they should be giving advice like this when it comes? Why should politicians be giving a medical advice? They shouldn't. It's one of the biggest problems with this whole pandemic. You know, that's why it's so disingenuous for President Biden to say he's leaving it to the scientists. Well, the scientists are immediately. Have you noticed that when the scientists speak, the press secretary speaks right after and tries to reframe everything the scientist says? I mean, of course, you want physicians to be talking about this. Physicians who have an experience 
treating pandemics, understanding pandemics. I've been studying it for 20 years. I've been studying vaccines for 20 years. You want people to talk to you who actually on the day-to-day are faced with people that are troubled. You know, Brian, you know what someone told me that's an expert on vaccine hesitancy? The number one problem is that people are emotional and they have fear. And you have to talk to their fear. You can't talk down to them. Hey, President Biden, there's no such thing as the word misinformation. You know what, mean, you know what it means when you say someone's misinformed? It means you know all and they know nothing. That is a really bad way to approach this. Better to say to the person, what are your concerns? Why are you worried? Why aren't you taking the vaccine? Rather than trying to show from some pedestal that you know and they don't. Dr. Mark Siegel with us. Dr. Siegel, lastly. If you're not vaccinated or you are vaccinated, how does that affect what happens with the virus? Some are postulating on the outside that if you're not vaccinated, it allows the virus to mutate and we get these variants. Does one have anything to do with the other? They are related, but not the vaccine doesn't usually spin out the variants we worry about. So it's not like you got a vaccine-induced variant that's causing spread. In India, we got the Delta variant. By the way, Brian, we're doing an enormous disservice calling it the Delta variant because people then re- don't remember where it came from. And it's very significant that it came from India because India is a country that's poorly vaccinated. So what happens is usually the virus lives inside an immunocompromised host. It doesn't kill the person. But if it's there long enough and you can't get rid of it, it has plenty of time to mutate. So it's unvaccinated, immunocompromised people that usually spin out these variants. The more people that are vaccinated, the less you're going to see them. So we have to get the vaccines to the rest of the world. But by the way, last point, the WHO is a disgrace that they that they hit this pandemic from the world. And now they're out there saying we should give our vaccines to the rest of the world. We we're going to need boosters here. We can do both. We can do both like we did with PEPFAR under President Bush. We can, we can help our own country, and we can, we can help the rest of the world at the same time. We're very good at that. Yeah, that would, that would certainly help. And we'll, we'll have to see uh, where this all goes. But you are predicting in the next few weeks the variant will die, and hopefully uh, these districts will allow kids to go to school without masks with those numbers uh, stay down. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. The numbers are going to go down and the schools better stay open. Let's get the politics out of this. We need the schools open before we damage our kids further. All right. Dr. Mark Siegel, thanks so much. Thanks, Brian. Always a pleasure. Yeah, his book is excellent. It's called The Politics of Fear and the Power of Science. And it's all about COVID. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.